brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What's up? Welcome into Monday, November 2nd edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on arrowheadreport.com. I'm your host, Sucker Franklin. Let's cue up those air horns because this Victory Monday edition of Roughing the Kicker is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. They're the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Use promo code RTK at checkout to get 20% off plus free shipping on the best Manscaping products in the game. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Joining me to recap, the Chiefs 35-9, they covered. Good teams win, great teams cover, and I got a great <laughs> guest with me today, Jordan Foote. Jordan, how you doing? Tucker, I'm good, man. I'm glad you mentioned that because I know probably several people listening may or may not have put some money on that game. Yeah, yeah uh, that's an important thing. I actually wrote, uh, I usually do a, a preview column, you know, on uh, on Fridays. Uh, about you know the three keys the Chiefs need to win, and I thought that's unnecessary, <laughs> fitting to our uh, fitting for our uh, segments that we do. But um, so I said, the biggest question of this game isn't are the Chiefs going to win. That's mm-hmm. not the biggest question. How much are the Chiefs going to win by? Was the biggest question. They get a oh gosh, got to do math here. Um, twenty four. Twenty six. We haven't taken math in a while, so it's okay. Dang. I'm going to cut that out. A 26-point win (laughs) over the New York Jets, who the Jets last week kind of stuck in there with the Buffalo Bills. That game Mm -hmm. is weird. The Bills have not looked phenomenal, even though they did beat the Patriots, but it wasn't a great win. Um, Mm -hmm. Bills are weird. Football's weird this year. It really is. Football is strange because I think the Titans lost to the Bengals. But that's not what mm-hmm. we're here to talk about. We're here to talk <laughs> about this Kansas City Chiefs win. And let's go ahead and start out with Andy Reid's opening statement in his press conference after the game. Don't have any injuries for you. So a good um, all-around win. I thought the every phase uh, did a nice job and uh, played well. There's a good focus amongst the team. Um I thought our defense really did a great job on third downs, um, in particular in the red zone, and uh, held them to field goals, which ended up being big for us, and then really turned up the gas the second half. Um, And then uh, the offense was able to uh, move the ball well in the air. And um, uh, it's funny because we have this whole RPO thing going in some of those uh, runs where we end up being throws. but. We'll just count them as yards. And uh, and so yeah, I thought it was a, a nice job by Patrick. Um, 
again, he had complete command of everything going on, <clears throat> including the, the check at the end when they were in a blitz look and uh, hit Tyreek on a big, big touchdown. So just uh, you know, both sides of the ball, both lines, I thought, uh, were did a nice job. I, I think that Jets defensive front is, is really a good front. Greg Williams, experienced defensive coordinator that gives you a lot of different looks. And um, you know, I was proud of how those big guys handled it on both sides of the ball. So uh, a lot of good work there. And then we were able to get some of the young guys in also for uh, with some work. All right, with that time, George. So Jordan, after hearing Andy Reid's opening statements, how you feeling? I mean, it was a wire-to-wire win. The team played well. I mean, fundamentally sound. There have been a lot of lapses this year with the team. I mean, there were still seven penalties for 61 yards. There's some Mm. stuff to clean up. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he played one of his best games as a chief. And, I mean, statistically, the 416 yards and five touchdowns, some of them were on deep balls. One was on that little pop pass to McCall Hardman. One was on the shovel to Travis Kelsey. And he really had full command all game. I mean, before the play started, during the play, after the play, he was checking in and out of different plays, and Reed talked about it. I mean, it was really just a fantastic performance all around. We really get to see the evolution of Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, I think, in this game. Because uh, Andy Reed talked about how he had a bunch of RPOs queued up just because of how the Jets run their defense. I think it's a 3-4. That's mm-hmm. what they run the most of the time with the outside linebackers coming off the edge. But um, it's it's great to see Patrick Mahomes be able to to check out of those RPOs, to check out of passes. We saw on the last play, his last touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill, he checked out of something. Uh, Reed said it was a pass to a pass. I think in the press conference, uh, Sam McDowell asked him, like, what what did he check out of? And (laughs) Andy said, uh, if I tell you, I'm going to have to make you disappear. So so it was a pass to a pass is what uh, Andy eventually said. But Patrick Mahomes' decision-making has has been really good this year, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, on the RPOs or – just situational decision-making because we talked about sometimes him taking sacks or, you know, sliding down short of the line of scrimmage to just kind of fight for another down or play, play another day. Yeah. And I mean, that's going to come with experience, I think. And you can kind of look at potential interceptions or um, what are turnover uh, worthy plays or stuff like that. And obviously those are going to be there with any quarterback. The guy's thrown one interception all year. Like, and usually when he does end up throwing picks, they end up getting called back because it was a free play. He's just that smart. Mm-hmm. He always knows what's going on. And he's been that way since he first stepped onto the field. But really, the more he sees looks and the more he plays, the better he's going to get mentally. And we're really seeing it this year. He's taking what the defense has given him. And on Sunday, they gave him quite a bit. Yeah, they really did. And and. I think it's so interesting. The Jets went into this game probably not wanting Le'Veon Bell to beat them. Um, I think that that's probably what they said. Okay, okay, we're not going to let Le'Veon Bell beat us. He only had seven yards, I think. So he didn't beat them. Um, And it's now fun to see the deep ball return to Arrowhead. Um, It's not like it went very far. The deep ball didn't go away and hide in a closet or hide in the ball chest. It went... And it was just on the sideline for a little bit. It was a little Chad Henney action. We've seen Chad Henney two weeks in a row. Henney given to a Sunday. Bit of Chad. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get used to seeing Chad Henney. We might see him. Might see him again next week when they take on the Panthers because the Panthers do not look good. They just lost to the Falcons, which is not great. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, 
Chiefs offense looked really good. Now the Jets are bad. I get it. The Jets are not good. They're they're uh, very the bad. Yeah, the Chiefs are in this lull of their schedule where they should be beating teams like they're beating them. I think it's encouraging to see them take a 26-point win against mm-hmm. the Jets, a 27-point win against the Broncos in this stretch right here. So I think that those are positives. Yeah, and we've talked. I don't remember what week it was. Um, it might have even been last week with our unnecessary roughness in our mailbag where people think that the Chiefs play down to their opponents. And I mean... Mm-hmm. The numbers kind of show a little bit of that in the past, but it's all back to that Vegas game. And I wish we could just kind of wipe that from our memories because Vegas is four and three. They're a decent team. They could push for maybe a playoff spot as a wild card team. They are not nearly as good as the Chiefs. Like we can just wipe that away. I think in a few weeks after the bye, the Chiefs will come back and I don't want to start anything I can't finish, but I don't think that game is going to be particularly close. But anyway, the Chiefs really, they should be beating teams like this. I mean, they're clearly better. They're better coached. They have better quarterback play. The skill position players are better. The defensive stars are probably comparable, if not better. The defensive coaches are better. I mean, special teams is playing better. The Chiefs are just better. I mean, they are. Yeah, and it, and it showed on Sunday. Uh, one of the things that I really took away from these press conferences, I really like playing the audio for you guys. I think it's really, mm-hmm. really good for you guys to hear all this. But uh, both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes talked about the RPO situation. Uh, RPOs are something that's taking over the game. If you don't know what an RPO is, I guess I should have told you what the acronym for RPO is sooner. But it's a run-pass option. So pretty much you have Patrick Mahomes has like three decisions to make. Number one, mm-hmm if he's going to hand the ball off to Clyde Edwards Hilaire or if he's going to hand it off to uh, Love Bell, whoever the running back is, he's got that decision. So he's probably reading uh, the end. So he, he reads that if the end doesn't bite or if the end bites on the run, he pulls it. He can honestly choose to run it towards that inside sure. if he bites down hard enough. And then he also has a route attached to it. So usually they are routes that find space in the zone. The Chiefs were being very effective against the zone that the uh, Jets were running. Travis Kelsey, my word. Travis Kelsey does not get enough credit. We're going to talk about him a little bit more. But Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. was really good at finding these soft spots in the zone and kind of sitting down waiting for Patrick Mahomes to hit him on those passes. And Mahomes' playmaking has gotten really good at that. Here's what he has to say about running RPOs just in general. Yeah, just the uh, kind of the alignments of, of, of defenders. Uh, they, were, they were really focused on stopping the run, which they did a good job of doing. Uh, we have to obviously try to be better there. Um, but uh, they were coming down fast, and I, the guys were getting open in space, and I was putting in their hands. And I think the, the biggest thing was he kept calling those plays. He kept giving me the option to do uh, run or, or throw the pass. And I think when you do that, it really puts a lot of stress on the, on the defense. Now, I really like what Mahomes has to say there. But here, before we get into that, let's get into what Andy Reid has to say about Mahomes' decision-making when it comes to running those RPOs. Thought, I mean, he was spot on today. I mean, he, <clears throat> he was uh, seeing and shooting and, He's very accurate with those things, um, seeing them, I'm saying. And then his throws are good, too, so if he pulls it. Um, uh, but at the same time, he's patient with the, the run part of it. And he's got a good feel of the game and what's happening with it, down and distance wide, field position, all those things. So um, full trust in him with it, yeah. So, Jordan, now that we heard what Andy had to say about Mahomes' decision-making, what do you think about his decision-making? It's kind of hard to disagree with him on that. Yeah, I I read an article during the week about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, Mm. and the writer called it, Wilson, I believe, is in his ninth season, 
and he called Wilson's like style of play now a you're dead moment. Like mm. he gets to the line of scrimmage and like Peyton Manning had it, Tom Brady had it, all the great ones have it, Aaron Rodgers has it where you get to the line and you're dead. Like the defense is done no matter what they throw at you, no matter what they throw at you, post snap, pre snap, any of that stuff. Patrick Mahomes is in his third like full season as a starter. He's already getting those you're dead moments. Like he's admitted in the mm-hmm. past that it took him a little bit to learn how to read defenses. Even on simple things like RPOs, we rarely see Mahomes take the ball and tuck it and run because that's just not right. who he is. But we see him connect with short slant routes. We see him connect um, or hand the ball off to his running backs. And he always seems to make the right play. And it's preparation. It's him just being a smart kid. It's Andy Reid putting him in good positions to succeed. He almost always makes the right play, whether it's with the ball in his hands or handing it to somebody else. It's really, really, really good. Yeah, I think that we saw peak Patrick Mahomes probably today. Now, Mm -hmm. I will say again, a caveat, the Jets aren't good. Like, they're not good. Their defense is not good. They traded Mm -hmm. away Jamal Adams. They've traded away two other defensive players. They got rid of Le'Veon Bell. They've gotten rid of all the players that are obviously sellers at this trade deadline, uh, Tomorrow is a trade deadline. Um, So it's kind of hard to take away how good the Chiefs are. But I will say, I think it's important to see the Chiefs put up 35 points. Their offense of starters, their offensive starters did not play. uh, I think it was like 1039 or something. Mm -hmm. And the fourth quarter is when Chad Henney came out there and they got the second stringers out there. McCall Hardman got some snaps, but still McCall Hardman needs some snaps. Uh, So that, that all kind (laughs) of worked. (laughs) That all kind of worked out. Um, I thought this offense was dominant. Uh, They did kind of struggle a little bit on third downs once again. For a little bit there, they were, uh, I think, well behind the eight ball in Mm -hmm. terms of third down conversions, especially in the first half. But they really figured it out in the second half. And and I kind of want to talk about that um, audible that Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes called uh, to get Tyreek Hill his second touchdown of the day, gave him a little piggyback ride back to the sideline. He said that he thought uh, Tyreek Hill was hurt. That's why he did it. So uh, he stayed on the ground for a little bit. But that audible mm-hmm. there, you see them come up to the line. Mahomes sees something he doesn't like, checks out of it. I mentioned earlier that Reed says it was a pass to a pass. So they must have seen, I, I would assume that they saw Tyreek Hill one-on-one. Um, sure. And that's kind of what he saw there. And when you see Tyree kill one-on-one with no safety help, probably, because I think the safety might have been rolled over. I haven't looked at the film, so mm-hmm. I might have to go back and look at that play because uh, I'm curious what Mahomes saw. I want to I want to mm-hmm. see that. But uh, my guess right now is that they saw Tyree kill one-on-one, and they took advantage of it because Tyree kill was able to get a second touchdown of the night. Yeah, and something people I don't think um, take into account sometimes is Mahomes doesn't always – check out of plays and check into new Mm -hmm. ones because he has Andy Reid calling his place. Like more often than not, Reid has the advantage over any other head coach in terms of putting your offense in the best position to succeed where Mahomes gets to the line. He knows the play is going to work no matter pretty much whatever they're running, but it's always good to see him notice something with the defense. And anytime you get Tyree kill in a one-on-one situation, even if you underthrow the ball, he's going to take advantage of it. If you mm-hmm. overthrow the ball, it's almost impossible to do with the guy that fast. And if you put it on the money, the defense literally has zero shots, sometimes even with safety help over the top. So it was good recognition by Mahomes. It was a good adjustment by Hill. And then I, I think the piggyback ride was probably the best development there. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think he was asked in the post-game press conference that uh, I think someone asked, uh, you look like you wanted to give him a piggyback right after the first touchdown mm-hmm. uh, when he jumped into the stands. And Pat Mahomes said, no, I wanted him to get out of the stands because I don't know the rules <laughs> on that, but I don't think that's okay. And uh, Which there was no penalty or anything. He might get fined. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was up there, I was like, oh, no, he's going to break the little bubble that the Chiefs have and go <laughs> make contact with this kid. And uh, he did give a football to a kid. I touched on pretty cool. Uh, but there are a few things I want to talk about on the offensive side of the ball before we transition to the defense, which I think the defense did play well. The Chiefs played well mm-hmm. overall. Um, the first, I want to talk about how Travis Kelsey is amazing and is not appreciated enough. I think uh, people in Kansas City get kind of, what do I want to say, maybe stat fatigued with Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, there's He's on track to break a lot of records this year. And he already Mm -hmm. has broken several records. Um, I'll have to pull it up. But uh, he broke a record again in this game. I think he has 7,000 career receiving yards, which is like the fifth tight end ever to do that. Uh, Travis Kelsey's the best in the game, in my opinion. I think he's better than George Kittle because uh, I know a lot of people about George Kittle, they like his run blocking. And I think Travis Kelsey's just as effective run blocker. We saw him at fullback. (laughs) run blocking so i mean um he can't be a bad run blocker and go in as a lead blocker of fullback so uh jordan what were your kind of kind of your thoughts on travis kelsey and how he's performed really this year because i think he hasn't gotten a lot of credit this year travis kelsey is the best damn tight end in kansas city chiefs history i don't Mm. care if you're mad at me on twitter find me on twitter blow up my dms blow up my timeline he is the best tight end the chiefs have ever had play Tony Gonzalez was great. He had subpar quarterbacks throwing to him. Kelsey did stuff with Alex Smith, who I think he was kind of a security blanket, but nevertheless, Smith didn't exactly challenge vertically down the field until Mahomes was breathing down his neck. He didn't skip a beat with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes loves him. He's a great run blocker, contrary to what so many people think. There's data to support it. He, You can't guard him one-on-one. He's fast. Right. He's big. He's strong. He has good hands. The only knock on Kelsey is an occasional instance where he catches the ball, makes a defender look silly, and then doesn't go down when he should. That's literally the only thing you can knock him for. He is the most talented tight end I've ever watched. Maybe prime Rob Gronkowski, if he was still that good, would be that guy. Mm. Kelsey's the best. I mean, he's the best I have watched kind of progress throughout his career. Assuming he kind of finishes his career on like a reasonable trajectory. I think he does the little things well enough to where he won't fall off the face of the earth, like down the road. He's going to possibly be the best tight end ever. Like he's that good. Yeah. So I went into the chiefs, uh, PR Twitter account. If you don't follow them, it's a good follow. They don't tweet a whole lot. They only really tweet on game days just mm-hmm. because of, they tweet a lot of little stat nuggets, which I like. And it says, uh, Travis Kelsey, Moves past 7,000 career receiving yards. He's the fourth player in franchise history to record 7,000 receiving yards. Third tight end in NFL history. I was wrong. I thought it was a fifth. He's the third tight end in NFL history to do that um, in his first eight seasons. Wow. He now owns a reception in 103 straight games. In 103 straight <laughs> games, Travis Kelsey has caught a football. Like, that's an insane stat. That's almost like the the Patrick Mahomes one. I'll, I'll see if I can find it uh, about... Or, no, it's the Chiefs one where they've scored, like, over 22 points in, like, 45 straight games. Yeah. Which is, is so absurd. But I, I Travis Kelsey, I don't think, gets enough uh, credit in Kansas City. Um, I will I say that because he is overshadowed by Tyreek Hill, who mm-hmm. makes flashier plays than him. Uh, but 
he's all reliable. If you need a first down, Mahomes to Kelsey, mm-hmm. guaranteed first down. It seems like it because he knows where the sticks are. He's going to get your yardage, and he gets mm-hmm. some good yak too. Some nice yards after contact, yards after catch. Gets mm-hmm. them both. And I, I just I love Travis Kelsey, and I feel like he's not being appreciated enough in Kansas City. Yeah, and I think Josh Briscoe tweeted something like, whatever you think Kelsey is, like however good, add like 20%. I think that's what he said. And, I mean, that's Mm. accurate. Like, you think he's great, he's elite. You think he's elite, he is uh, all-time great. You think he's all-time great, maybe he's the all-time great by the time it's all said and done. Like, this dude, he's there every week. He's healthy. He has a good attitude, and when he has a bad one, him and Eric Bieniemy will kind of duke it out, and then they'll <laughs> be friends right afterwards. He's really gotten calm, I think, over the years. He's kind of channeled that intensity into being good. Yeah. Um, he does everything well. He's a team guy. He lifts up his teammates. He loves Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes loves him. He's going to be here for a while. I mean, it's I can't say enough good things about Travis Kelsey. Like We could have an entire podcast episode about how great Travis Kelsey is. We could, and we probably need a Travis Kelsey Appreciation Podcast because um, going into the season, I couldn't remember exactly, so I just went up to his pro football reference and pulled it mm-hmm. up here. Um, he is halfway. He has 500 yards, 501 yards heading into today's game, so he now has, what, 610 yards? Yep. Um, uh, on Good at math. Look at that one. Uh, <laughs> but So he's collected over 1,000 yards in four straight seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I think only one other tight end has done. I can't remember the tight end off the top of my head. He's now over that mark at the halfway point of the season. Um, and if he does it, he will be the first tight end to collect over 1,000 receiving yards in five straight seasons. So um, it's hard to argue with Travis Kelsey not being at least the greatest receiving tight end uh, of all time, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, you already know how I feel about it. I mean, I could go on and on and try to convince people, but I think that the proof is in the pudding and the proof is in that guy's play and the numbers are back to support it. I mean, he is phenomenal. So Mahomes finished the game with 416 passing yards, uh, seventh highest single game total in franchise history and fourth highest single game total of his career. Mahomes was slinging the pill. Got a lot of guys uh, involved. I think he had five touchdowns, four receivers caught a touchdown. Tyreek Hill caught two of them. Uh, this offense was really firing on all cylinders, uh, minus you know a couple third down conversions they didn't get. But really mm-hmm. overall, I think that this was one of the best offensive performances we've seen all year. Granted, it was against probably the worst team the Chiefs have seen all year. And a guy that we haven't talked too much about, I'd imagine this was probably going to be your next point before we moved on to the defenses. McCall Hardman had maybe his yep. best game as a chief. I mean, he was running good routes. He was catching balls that he should have caught. He did have two drops, which kind of make me sad, but he also <laughs> got injured towards the end of the game. I guess we won't uh, speculate on <laughs> what may or may not have happened there, but I believe he is okay. I mean, yeah. seven catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. He was getting targeted a lot. He was finding soft spots in the zone, and I think that's what you want with McCall Hartman. He's not a guy who can beat press man coverage at the line of scrimmage yet, or if he ever can, he just, he's better against zone coverage. I think, I don't know if there's Mm -hmm. numbers to support that or not, but he can find soft spots there. And this is without Sammy Watkins taking attention away from him. So really I came away pretty impressed with McCall Hartman. 
Yeah, I think McColl played well. He did get a lot of uh, targets, a lot of receptions too. Uh, some of those did come there with Chad Henney, mm-hmm. obviously. But he he's he still played well. Uh, he got a touchdown. Technically a touchdown pass out of it, the little jet pop <laughs> pass. Um, I called it a jet sweep just because it was McColl Hardman and mm-hmm. the the whole jet play on the nickname. But last thing uh, before we move on, let's talk about this offensive line. Nick Allegretti, good. Andrew Stud. Wiley, bad. Yeah. Those are my notes right there. Allegretti, good. Wiley, bad. That's what I wrote down. Um, Nick Allegretti should be a full-time left guard. And I think I saw – I can't remember who tweeted it. I, I apologize. I feel like I'm jacking somebody's swag by saying their tweet without mentioning who tweeted it. Uh, it might have been Josh Briscoe. Uh, but he tweeted, uh, Allegretti should be the full-time left guard and Rimmer should come in at right guard. I think uh, it was when... Connor. Yeah, it was Connor. Yes. You're right. It was Connor. Connor tweeted that and Rimmers uh, should go to right guard when uh, sports comes back. I think that that's brilliant. Sorry, Connor, for jacking your swag, <laughs> but you've got your swag back. Uh, what did you think about the performance of Allegretti? Let's start with the good first. Didn't the Chiefs draft him as a center? And he's moved over to left guard. Well, yeah, he played center at um, Illinois. He's a fight okay. in the line eye. Sure. Um, but he does have the ability to play guard as well. Yes. He played in a few games at guard and at Illinois. Um, but his versatility to play center mm-hmm. and guard is what kept him active when Andrew Wiley came back last season. And Andrew Wiley was an active pretty much a whole playoff run. I think it was a whole playoff run. And he was healthy. He was a healthy scratch. So uh, Well, he I may think... as well have been inactive against the Jets. I, I shouldn't <laughs> have said that. That's messed up. But, uh, I mean, and <laughs> Nick Allegretti um, – I guess that transition from center to guard is a lot, lot easier to handle than like going from a Mike Rimmers role where you're like all along the offensive line. So props to Allegretti. I like the kid a lot. I think that he plays a tough nose brand of football. Um, He has that. I don't know what the word is for offensive linemen. It's not nasty, but it's something like that where they just play that way. And Coleccio Simile was like that. Um, RIP the dream of having him healthy and, out there but also we got nick allegretti his emergence out of it so there's always a silver lining but andrew wiley eh, not very good i mean he hasn't been phenomenal this year but when you look at the offensive line as a whole like you don't really point out andrew wiley as like the weakest link i would say and Mm -hmm. he was i'd say probably the weakest link without going back and looking at the film against the jets i'm curious to see how many pressures get credited to him Mm -hmm. uh because I think he was good at going up against uh, Quinn and Williams a lot. Sure. And Daniel Kilgore is probably going to get some pressures uh, attributed to him as, as well, just because they probably doubled him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to. That dude's a stud. He's an absolute beast. He should be in Kansas City. I like your idea Chief. last week. Yep. Yeah. Your idea last week where we just play for, play for him. And <laughs> he should just stay in Kansas City because um, the Jets are trying to sell everybody. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Before we get into the second half of today's show, let's hear from our sponsor, Manscaped. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've kind of enjoyed the Chiefs' run recently where they haven't had a lot of close games, and they've been able to get out of these games without a scratch, relatively no injuries, which is nice. They've oh, they've been hit by injuries already this season, so it's nice not to accumulate any injuries. While well, they're playing kind of uh, these weaker teams on their schedule, the Broncos obviously aren't that good. The Jets are bad. The Jets are bad. They're not a good football team, and they'll play the Carolina Panthers next week. Hopefully they can get out of there without any nicks. And you know what? I think you know where I'm already going with this. You want to get out of your manscaping with as little nicks as possible. Actually, you want to get out of there with no nicks. 
That's what you want is a no nick manscaping experience. And that's why we've partnered with the fellas over at Manscaped because they have redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfectly crafted the greatest ball hair trimmer of all time in the history of ball hair trimmers. They call it the Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And that's what it's all about, fellas. You gotta protect the goods. You don't want any grooming accidents. And these guys get it. They get it. They make sure nothing happens. And when I tell you that this trimmer is premium, oh, oh buddy. It's the best shave I've ever had, face or under the belt. I, I, either one, best shave I've ever had. 90-minute battery life. Yeah, you're not going to shave for 90 minutes, but it's sure good to know that your trimmer's going to last for 90 minutes. You don't want to start it up and stop halfway through because the battery dies on a low battery life. No, 90-minute battery life. Waterproof technology can trim in the shower if you feel so inclined, if you're more comfortable that way. There's an LED light. So you're getting the precise hairs, each precise hair. You can see it, you can find it, you can get it. The LED light is wonderful. It's a game changer. It really is. And there's a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Nice and quiet. Nice and quiet. Just so it's just nice and quiet. And 7,000 RPMs. But you couldn't tell that there's a car engine in there because it's so quiet. But the best part of the trimmer might not even be all these features inside the trimmer. Yeah, they're good. The specs are nice. The best part might be the charging stand. You set it up, charges USB, and you get to show off your lawnmower 3.0 in your bathroom, your bedroom. We've talked about this. Wherever you keep your lawnmower 3.0, none of my business. Just keep your lawnmower 3.0 probably somewhere you're going to want to show it off. It's a good looking piece of technology. And if you're hearing my voice right now, you're going to want to try out this shave yourself. So that's why Manscaped has given us a promo code. Can you believe that? We are giving you 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code RTK at checkout. Help us help you. Fellas, we're trying to help you out. It's getting cold outside, but hey, nice weather's coming. So you're going to want to make sure that your manscaping is tip top notch. That's why we're going to give you 20% off when you use the code RTK at checkout. Plus free shipping. You know, that shipping can kind of be a hassle. Uh, but free shipping here. You, you know what you're going to get. And 20% off. I don't think you can find a better deal anywhere else. Get that bush to tush clean by using RTK at checkout. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Now let's get back to today's show. So let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. I thought that this was a good defensive performance from the Chiefs. Um, nothing too flashy. They didn't have a ton of, you know, takeaways, but they just got the job done, mm. kept the Jets out of the end zone, and were able to hold them only to nine points. And, and what did you think of the performance, Jordan? It was pretty good. I mean, Sam Darnold, a really inconsistent quarterback. He had 4.4 yeah. yards per attempt, which, I mean, that doesn't play in any realm in the NFL. Um Frank Gore was the main ball carrier for them. Um, P. Ryan had 8 for 27. Gore had 10 for 30. The two guys that really stuck out for me personally were Dan Sorensen and Tyron Matthew. I mean, we'll touch on mm. the secondary and really the safety position as a whole, but those two guys played some good football. They really did. And here is a clip of Tyron Matthew talking about Dan Sorensen. Great lead for me, Jordan. You, that was a nice softball little little pitch to me, and I smashed that one out of the park. Yeah, I, I throw good oops. What can I say? I I, I try to tell people last last year, you know, um, 
The guy's just so committed, man. Each and every day he's finding a way to, you know, take the coaching and apply it. You know, not everybody can do that and then play at a play at a fast level. Um, you know, he's communicating at a high level. He's making big time plays for us, um, game changing plays, momentum, you know, swinging plays. And uh, we expect that from him. You know, he puts in a lot of work throughout the weekend. Uh, I know I believe in him. All right, Jordan, after hearing what the Honey Badger Tyron Matthew had to say about Dirty Dan, does it kind of change your opinion, your view of, of Dan Sorensen a little bit? I've always liked Dirty Dan, not because he's like a superstar player or anything, but he played, like, how can you not like Dirty Dan? Like, guys like, I hate to always throw this guy under the bus, but Ben Neiman, like, not yeah. athletic, not very good at football. The thing with Dan is he's not extremely athletic. He sometimes struggles with playing football, but he's very smart. He is a bright mm -hmm. player, and that is what keeps him on the field. He knows um, he picked off Drew Locke last week yeah. and literally read the route like a book and picked the ball off and returned it for a touchdown. He, in the playoffs, he was doing the too smart thing, patting his head because <laughs> he knows that he's too smart like Tyron Matthews used to do. I mean – He's a good player and he does he's one of the eldest players on that defense and really on the team which is pretty weird cuz it's not like he's 40 years old or anything. Mm -hmm. He's still possibly in his athletic prime but I mean I like Dirty Dan and he's really thriving in a role where he's not having to fill in for someone who's injured. He's not being overexerted like he has been in the past with a an unnamed um, defensive coordinator that we will not bring up on today's podcast but I do like Dan, and I think that he's played some really good football as of late. Admittedly, I've never been very big on Dan Sorensen. You know sure. that. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I've been pretty tough on old Dan. Um, he did not have a very good start to the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. but I think I'm starting to shift my angst to Ben Neiman because... <laughs> He's not good. Um, and I, Connor and I both have talked about how we think that Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen are actually the same player. But Dan Sorensen must have heard that because he's been playing lights out as of late. Gets a forced fumble against the Jets. Plays really well. Gets a lot of tackles. He's, he's now starting to be more sure of a tackler. He's not... Uh, He's not 100%, but he's starting to get a little bit more of these tackles that were making me so frustrated and so upset about Dan Sorensen because he was missing a lot of tackles early on in the season. And I, I, I think of that I'm starting to come around on Dan Sorensen. I mean, who can't love a guy nicknamed Dirty Dan? Tucker, I'm, I'm going to do it to myself here. Okay, live while we're recording this podcast, I'm going to pull up the screenshot that I sent you when I woke up on <laughs> Sunday morning. And uh, looked at my Facebook memories, and it shouldn't take too long to scroll back up. This, If you guys want to come find me on Twitter and yell at me, feel free, because it's pretty bad. And I woke up, and just like I do every morning, I go through Facebook memories, I see what's going on, I see what I used to say, stuff like that. Um, and I found a very interesting post from November 1st of 2018 <laughs> that says Ben Neiman and Dorian O'Daniel could see additional playing time versus Browns. And this was a game where the Chiefs were heading in to play the Browns. And yep. here's what myself, here's what Jordan Foote said two years ago today. Two years ago Sunday. Quote, yep. Neiman is such a baller. I love that dude. 
close quote. I I don't even know if I need to explain any more than that. I like I literally used to go into my Madden games like a couple years ago and upgrade Ben Neiman's speed because I for some reason thought he was better than he was. Now I have <laughs> I've seen the light and I no longer believe that, but I figured I would share that with our listeners because I think that's it's downright hilarious. It is pretty funny, but then it's it's even funnier that I think my response to that was delete that off the internet, and then he goes and has a big game today. You so, said off uh, the face of the earth. Oh yes, off the face of the earth. <laughs> so, um, not sure who the worst look is. It might be me because <laughs> Dan Sorensen continues to make me have egg on my face, and the Chiefs were actually really clutch on third downs. Not not in like on the whole game, but in the red zone. Uh, the Chiefs mm-hmm. defense was able to get off the field in third down in the red zone and force three different field goals. And the Jets' normal kicker, Sam Ficken, was inactive for today. You don't see that very often with an mm-hmm. inactive kicker, but he was inactive. They had a backup kicker in, hit all three, uh, three for three. Good day for him. He's about the only Jet that had a good day. Yeah, and the Chiefs kicker, I mean, he is making extra points again, not to really flex or anything. But, yeah, I thought that overall just a really three-facet performance. I mean, you didn't see a lot of crazy special teams plays, but you saw a guy named Tommy Townsend. I guess we should have touched on that um, fake punt that was pretty cool. We shouldn't have let it slip without uh, talking about that. But um, overall, all three phases played pretty well, and the defense was definitely a big part of that. You know what, Jordan? Um, I'm going to play what Tommy Townsend has to say right now about his uh, fake punt and his absolute dart. He threw a dart to Byron Pringle. Here's what he had to say. Uh, well, you know, running out there, I mean, of course, like, I'm, I'm pumped if we have the opportunity to run a fake. Uh, but, yeah, I got out there. We got the look we wanted. And uh, from then on, I was just thinking, you know, just don't baby. Get it out there to him. Um, just like I've been doing, you know, all week, past couple weeks in practice, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I got out to Pringle. He made a nice catch and uh, got a couple yards. It's always exciting when there's a fake punt, especially Tommy Townsend. We've heard about this kid being an athlete. We've talked about him in his holding game, how he's got great hands. Now he throws a dart. I don't know if you saw his form. Little sus, mm-hmm. if I can say. His form <laughs> was a little sus, but he whipped that thing over there. A little high to Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle makes a play. And he said that they've been working on that play for like a few weeks now. Yeah, um, there was definitely an imposter out there. And if anyone plays Among Us, among <laughs> our listeners, feel free to hit me on Twitter and we can play a game. But anyway, um, it, it was fun to watch. And I mean, if there's a game where you're going to pull that stuff out and just do it because... Obviously, the Chiefs didn't think, or I hope they didn't think, well, I mean, if it doesn't work, we're playing the Jets, so we can just live to see another day. Now, personally, right. I would have thought that, but there's a reason I'm not in the NFL, and that would be one of the many, many reasons. But Tommy Townsend, I mean, even Patrick Mahomes, I think he said something like he let that thing sling or he was slinging it or something like that. And mm-hmm. Tommy Townsend had fun with it. Um, the Chiefs had practiced it before. It wasn't like a spur-of-the-moment thing, so it was – it was a lot of fun to watch. I agree. It's always, I love fake punts, and you know yeah. I'm a big Pat McAfee fan. I I mention Pat McAfee on this show a lot. Um, mm-hmm. He's one of the guys that I like to listen to, uh, just to get what's going on around the league. I think he's really football wise smart. And he talks to a lot of people around the league too that are mm-hmm. very football smart. Helps me be better for this podcast. But uh, he's gonna love that come tomorrow morning, <laughs> uh, uh, Monday morning. He when you're listening to this podcast, he's probably gonna be talking about Tommy Townsend slinging the pill and making. <laughs> (laughs) it look easy while he's doing it so jordan before we get out of here why don't you give me your winners and losers 
All right. I thought you would never ask. I have a bunch for both. <laughs> I guess more so winners. I have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, not because they did anything special, which they did. They flexed their muscles and reminded everyone that they were elite. Kelsey always does it. Hill, really, he's been scoring touchdowns, but you haven't seen that like dominant receiving right. performance a ton from him. He did that. Um, McCole Hardman, one of, if not his best game as a chief. We already touched on that. Um, the safety unit, I thought Thornhill. Um, Dan, somebody tweeted about Dan taking the starting reps to begin and then in sub packages or whatever. Um Thornhill was out there. I'll have to go back and verify that, which was kind of weird, but I didn't notice any bad plays from Juan Thornhill. I'm not sure what that was. So overall, the Chiefs safety group gets a win. Nick Allegretti, our guy, big fan. Um, He gets a win. And then the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's all right, I guess. I had to give him Mm, a win just because of the stat line, but um, stats are deceiving. I'm not sure he was actually that good, you know. Before you get to the losers, um, I want to talk about that the secondary that you're talking about. I, I think what happens is is mm-hmm. uh, they roll into that. I don't know what pa- kind of package they call it, where Dan Sorensen goes down and plays like a, a maybe a buck linebacker. I think is what they call it. Um, mm-hmm. He so he goes down and plays kind of in the linebacker area. Then they bring. Um, mm-hmm. Thornhill on that's kind of the sub package I think that you're talking about uh, yeah. I don't know if we saw Willie Gay a whole lot um I, I we don't have the snap cuts out by the time we're recording yeah, not this podcast, from memory but, yeah uh from memory I can receive I can remember seeing Willie Gay on the field but I don't think that it was a lot because they didn't really run a whole lot of base defense like you mentioned <laughs> yeah so uh maybe Willie Gay's a loser we'll see what are your losers I have the running game not because I dislike yeah. the running game but I mean the Chiefs just didn't need it and when they did use it it wasn't very effective bell had six carries for seven yards um clyde had six for 21 i mean the chiefs just didn't really want or need to run the ball it seems like um Mm -hmm. andrew wiley we have piled on him enough i'm just going to move on to i i really don't want to call either of these two guys out willie gay's not one of them the first one's byron pringle and it's not that Mm. he played poorly it's just that in a game where if you would have told me one of McCall Hardman or Byron Pringle jumped out and stuck out at me, I'd probably pick Pringle to be that guy. Mm. Um, he missed on connecting with a deep ball to Mahomes. He had he did fine in the kick return game, but R.I.P. the dream of him like turning into a bona fide stud in this offense. I think that my expectations are kind of lowered there, and that there's yeah. a reason he's not getting all those reps. Kind of like the reason McCall wasn't getting him above Robinson, and then. Jarvarius Ward. I mean, he he's a fine player, and he tweeted that he's in a slump and he needs to get out of it, and I fully expect him to. Um, I believe this is a contract year for him, Tucker. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. There's not a ton of people under contract, not a ton of guys for Kansas City yeah. under contract um, into 2021 and really even into 2022. There's not a ton. I think the mm-hmm. only like people into 2023 is like Mahomes, uh, Chris Jones, Harrison Butker, Frank Clark. I think that's like that's like it. Uh, and Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey signed an extension. Sure. So pretty much the guys that signed an extension plus Frank Clark and Harrison Butker are who under contract until 2023. Um, I do think that the majority of that secondary is up for contract extensions after at 2021. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ward. I mean, he seems like he might be the odd man out when Legereus Sneed returns, and that is not yeah. anything I would expect to have said like a few weeks ago if I could see into the future, but it's not that he's playing bad. He's had some bad snaps. He's had some bad games, but I think he 
hit the nail on the head. He's in a slump and he needs to get out of it. And if he can do it before Snead gets back, it's going to be a good problem to have. But Breland is going to start either way, I think. He's a veteran. Yeah. He's good. Rashad Fenton can tackle really well. He's playing better football than Ward right now. The ceiling might not be as high, but I mean, when you have a guy like Snead who was just absolutely balling out to start the season and the learning curve didn't seem to even exist for him, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I agree. LeJarrius Snead, we're not 100% sure when he's going to come back. Mm -hmm. He obviously is eligible whenever he is healthy Mm -hmm. Uh, because you just have set out three weeks this season, which I think is a great rule, and they should continue it forever. Agreed. a couple things that I wrote down while you were giving your winners and losers. I think that Byron Pringle can really star in a special teams role for the Chiefs. I think that's where yes. he really thrives at is the special teams role. He about took a couple back to the house, uh, and maybe mm-hmm. breaking one tackle, getting one block. He was that close to taking a couple back. Um, and I don't know if you remember, we were talking about Charverius Ward being the Chiefs' best corner at, at one point. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw him uh, do little things where he – didn't turn his head quick enough and wasn't turning his head the right way. Uh, we saw Denzel Mims make some plays. Mm-hmm. I, I I was always big on that guy in the draft. Um, I knew he wasn't going to follow the Chiefs. That was one guy I was like, oh, that's going to be a good wide receiver. Um, so I liked Denzel Mims. He made a couple good plays. I think he only had two catches, but I think he was their leading receiver, if I remember mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Yep. I don't have the box score in front of me. But, um, yeah, I, I just would wish that Trevor's Ward would kind of get out of this funk because he can be a shutdown corner. He really has the ability to be. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and another thing is Rashad Fenton is still good. You're not seeing him get targeted as much as he was in that. What was that game where he had four pass defensed? Um, it was two weeks ago, I think. No, maybe it three. Been, it might have been against uh, – what was the game before the Patriots? Who? Um, that's slipping me. The season's Who flying you, by. It's hard to even remember. I know. This is week eight. I mean, we just got <laughs> done with week eight. We're halfway through the NFL season. It feels like it just started. I was talking to Jordan before this podcast started. It's November. No one's talking about that. Didn't it? Wasn't it just New Year's yeah. the other day? Didn't the Chiefs just win the Super Bowl? I, I'm, I'm beside myself. Mariah Carey has re-entered the like top 200 on iTunes or whatever. Like it is officially that time of year, and I think C Dot from Six Ten tweeted that it, it, it's that time of year. It really is. Yeah. Um, also, all aboard the Nick Allegretti hype train. Um, I'm your conductor speaking. Uh, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times because it's about to get crazy. The Nick Allegretti hype train is real. Cue up some train whistles. Here we go. Nick Allegretti hype train. It's gone. It's on. This is it's all aboard because we're leaving the station. If you're not on, you're not coming on. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't really know my train terminology, but I'm whatever helps the conductor, whatever it is, Polar Express, all that business. That's the only time I really mm. remember trains. Jordan, I appreciate you joining me for another wonderful recap of a Chiefs win. Connor Christopherson will join me tomorrow for another edition of Roughing the Kicker. Until then, I will talk to you tomorrow. The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Roughing the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. It's true that some things change as we get older. 
But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.